and welcome to Still Buffering, a cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I am Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Uh, I, I know we were about to talk about fall, but I just found my water bottle under the table and I was very excited, so I wanted to share that before we got started. I had lost my giant hydro flask that I carry around all day to keep hydrated. It's right here under it, the table. It was just under the table Is downstairs this- in your house the whole time. Is this staying in? Is this a bit? Is this you? You no. felt that everyone needed to know this? <laughs> I was just, I was getting situated as we were counting in, and I looked and went, <gasps> my water bottle. <laughs> I've been so dehydrated. You, you can drink wow. water out of other things. There's a cup uh, right now in front of you that you've been drinking other things out of. Well, that's coffee. So, well, what kind of coffee is it, Sydney? It's pumpkin coffee. Pumpkin coffee. Wow. I had it's, pumpkin it's coffee. I had pumpkin coffee. creamer in the other pumpkin coffee I had coffee. earlier. This is my third coffee. Wow. I am ready for this day. You are. You are sad. Wow. I don't think I have. I had. If I consumed pumpkin good I, goods yet, I don't think so. Why? I don't know. <laughs> Why, Taylor? <laughs> Why? <laughs> I don't like, I don't really, I always make my coffee at home, so I don't go to places that offer the pumpkin coffee. I usually make like a pumpkin syrup for coffee and cocktails and stuff at home. I just haven't gone around to it yet. I don't know. I, I found a nut uh, coffee. Is that a thing? That's fall, right? Nuts. They're all the, sure. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love, I love nuts. <laughs> the, <laughs> nuts are great. Stop. I mean, Stop. unless you have a unless you have a nut allergy, in which case, please do not consume those nuts. No, I am sorry. Is it true that if you give babies peanut butter now, now they're just invincible to peanut allergies for always? <laughs> not ne- like not a hundred percent. It's not like that, but there is some evidence that we should introduce um, like common food allergens earlier mm-hmm. in our lives uh, as a way of. I see. Avoiding food allergies, they're, they're, which wondering. is a big shift. We yeah. used to say, like, put off introducing these foods until they're older. And right. now we're saying, no, maybe yeah. you should try to introduce them earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I, You know, it's funny with peanut butter. I gave peanut butter to both of our kids at the doctor's office during appointments. Oh, just in case? Just in case. Yeah. Because uh, <laughs> I felt safer. So I, like, brought a little thing of peanut butter and then, like, gave it to him. And so now... Like some of my friends do the same because we all take care of in our office. We're all family docs. We take care mm-hmm. of each other's kids. We bring our kids to the office for appointments for their first peanut butter. <laughs> I mean, not for that. You know what right, I mean? They're right. there for their well child. But also for peanut, peanut butter while peanut they're butter. there. That's, a, that's quite a, a, an extra challenge to surprise your doctor with. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> now. by the way, just gave him peanut butter first time. Who knows what's going to happen? We're going to see how that pans out. <laughs> Good you luck, just- everybody. Just bring a little bee, sneak it in, like, oh, just let my kid get stung by a bee. Just thought it was the right place to figure this out. I also brought um, some shrimp. We're just going <laughs> to... Just rub them on his face just now yeah. while, you're, while your back was turned. So let's see just what Just kind of peel one for myself and then touch his cheeks with my shrimp fingers. Give, give my baby a shrimp. <laughs> if it's got to happen, it's got to happen here, right? Yeah, uh, Cooper loves shrimp, though. Aww. No way she's allergic to him. No. No, I was I was very uh, lucky in that regard, but mm-hmm. my kids don't have any. I mean, not the, there's nothing wrong with food allergies, but you do have to be a little more cautious. You know, how about are your are your kids allergic to the joys of fall, or do they also love them? Uh, Charlie is thrilled mm-hmm. because Charlie's favorite season is winter, and so uh, we're we just are one step closer. Yes, we're one step yeah, closer okay. to winter. Charlie wants it to be cold. I don't Can understand I, this Why kid. is her favorite season winter? She loves it when it's cold, and she loves snow. Mm-hmm. Okay. Ah. I guess that's fair. It's not a holiday thing. It's cold and snow. I it's know that. It's very clearly weather. I know yeah. that girl loves to swim, though, and be outside. She's thrilled for winter coming. Interesting. I really, I, I, I really want to, like, speak on behalf of the, the people that love fall. How often you get called, like, basic, and it's like, uh, you like fall. Like... It, it's cool to make fun of people for enjoying a season that really, if we were going to rank them, I think the season that has the most to offer and is thus the logical choice is fall. Yeah. Like, it, it's a good season. I mean, it's got, you've still got decent weather for the most part. It's not crazy mm-hmm. cold yet. You've got really good, like, snacks and drinks. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Like, there are some good holidays in there. Like, you got Halloween, you've got Thanksgiving, so you get to be spooky and you get to eat a bunch of food. I think mm-hmm. it's a superior season. 
It's, I mean, it's way up there. I, yeah. I will always like summer just because I like it when it is a warm, as, as warm and humid as possible. Those are my favorite Gross. weather conditions. It's <laughs> hot and humid. You like, okay, you like to be sweaty. Okay. I do. Sweaty I like heat. Just musty all the time. All right. Why do I, you? <laughs> I love heat and humidity. It is my favorite weather condition. And so summer will always win for me, but. It's just swampy, See, I, swampy butts. Oh, all right. I don't know. <laughs> I prefer that feeling when you walk outside and you've got the sun but it's not a hot sun it's still just a little bit cool you got like the the crisp air that kind of makes your cheeks a little red but you still got the sun so you're not cold just enough for like a light denim jacket and and some leggings oh i like when you cannot distinguish between the temperature of your skin and the air around it and you can feel the moisture trying to condense there on you i love that why do you like to be just wet Just yeah, you sweaty my, and wet. My favorite season is moist. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you want that? That's my least favorite state of being. When you go yeah. outside and it's so hot, you start sweating, and then it's like now, now these clothes smell bad. Now, like I got sweat stains under my arms and my my butt sweat and my my boob sweat. Got all the sweat everywhere. I should really move to a more tropical climate. You it would really, really agree should. with me more. <laughs> Yeah, just need to. I don't know, like a, like a bog or something. I this sounds weird. <laughs> a swamp, a swamp, or a bog, like a, a, a tropical bog of some kind. <laughs> <laughs> so you just constantly be clammy and moist and and just okay. Wow, this, I've never heard anybody profess love for any of those feelings you're describing. I, I have with my hair and my complexion, everything tends to do better when I'm see, in that kind of environment. I know what? people love summer, but people love summer for the things you do in summer. Like, oh, I love swimming. I love going to the beach. Um, you know, like having time off from school. I mean, or, those like, going are good on too. Vacation. I have not once heard someone say I like summer most because it's when I'm sweatiest. <laughs> Oh, you just love when you lay in bed at night and you're just just laying in your own sweat, like your sheets are just damp because there's just no way to stay cool. I love that feeling. Just people are always allowed to say like it's not bad because it's a dry heat. Why can't you say it's not bad because it's a wet heat? Because that's the bad kind of heat. <laughs> I love when you breathe in and it's just like soup. It's just so nice. Yeah. Well, I like soup too. <laughs> Oh, that's why Sydney likes summer. The air turns to soup. That is the that is the only downfall with summer is that it is not uh, the best weather for eating soup, and soup is my favorite food. So I will say fall has the edge on summer in that respect. Fall is soup season. Yeah, it's much better weather for soup eating, mm-hmm. um, unless it's a cold soup. I was gonna say you're really yeah. dis- you're really discounting gazpacho here. Uh, <laughs> that's for summer. That is, yeah. You know, I, I just, I prefer the the more temperate seasons. Fall mm-hmm. and spring are my top two. Fall edging out spring just for the holidays. But, you know, it's just like you got, they're the, they're the seasons where you don't have to bundle up because you're not going to like, you know, go outside yeah. and be frozen. But also you don't have to like wear as little clothes as possible in order to not, you know, sweat everywhere. But apparently that's a preferable sensation for some. For some, you know. Some. We do live in a place where you get all four of them, though. That's the true. seasons. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, as we are moving into fall, it is not usually. This is like back to school season. Well, I'm attempting. I mean, I already, here. I already yeah. went back to school. Yeah, kind of, it's online. It's a weird. It's a weird uh, fall. That <laughs> that is one thing. Like I do usually enjoy this time of year and this transition a lot, but um, knowing that we're about to be inside a lot more is mm-hmm. not exactly thrilling this year the one good thing i found though is online school it doesn't matter what the temperature is outside you can wear whatever you want to your classes because that's true it's the temperature of your inside home and my home is always cold so even though it's like 85 degrees outside i'm not walking to class i can put on sweaters if i want mm-hmm. <laughs> it's whatever i want it to be uh, football is happening uh-huh. Unfortunately. Football. I, yeah, I don't... You know, my school is, is paying for lots of rapid response tests for football players multiple mm-hmm. times a week. And That's I... great. People were tailgating all Have over none. town this past weekend, so that was oh. unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well. But, um... 
there are still entertaining things you can watch at your home in the safety of your home away from the football yeah, people. There we go. What yeah. would one of those things be, Riley? Um, how about the, the 2004 film Mean Girls? <laughs> you know, if, if you're missing out on the school experience, don't yeah. expose yourself at a football game, I, both to a virus or in general. Uh, just watch a movie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, so we rewatched Mean Girls. Yes. This uh, this was my pick. I know it, it was more of a... It definitely came out before I was a teen and before I could understand anything in it. I don't think I watched it until it had been out for a good bit. Um, but this was, for some reason, the one movie, maybe this movie and Clueless. I, I, because of you all, I think I really got exposed to a lot of like late 90s teen films mm-hmm. as my coming-of-age films. Um, this movie, I watched at every sleepover... I could have quoted every single line. I I was uh, obsessed with it for whatever reason. I think it's like you can buy it as a package deal with Clueless. You too. can. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's how I ended up getting it. I could have rented it and I was like, you know what? What if I'll just buy it. I'm going to watch it again at some point. <laughs> you know, I bought it and I should have bought the package deal with Clueless. Now that you say that, why didn't I buy Clueless? Exactly. Gonna, I, at some point, I'm going to buy Clueless. So yeah. I, oh, man. Got to get that <sighs> package deal. I got them both. I missed out on that deal. Mm. But uh yeah, it's the the story of the three mean girls, I suppose, at a high school and the new girl that comes and gets roped into their clique. Mm-hmm. If you haven't seen Mean Girls, although I feel like it's one of those cultural moments that most people have experienced, right? I, I think a lot of people, yeah. I mean yeah. It, it I'm sure it did fairly well. Yeah. Um it's one of those that there are there are a lot of things in it that are relatable Mm -hmm. um some aspects of it that i would argue are sort of timeless in the like teenage high school experience and then many many other aspects that are firmly set in In 2004 yes yes firmly planted in that time culturally and you know in terms of the, the language that is used and the kind of tropes and stereotypes that are used um, firmly set in 2004 and would not exist yeah. now, 16 years later. Yeah, that Mean Girls definitely could have been, could not have been made in 2020. Nor should be. it. I no, should it should not be. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, and then it was followed by its much less successful uh, sister film, Mean Girls 2 in 2011 i do not know about this it is you're not gonna agree with me on this it's like the grease 2 it's oh so it's so much better no it's far superior to the original but yet unappreciated in its time it's so bad they like it was made in 2011 so it wasn't even like close to the original movie was it all new characters Um, it was all new characters but intended to just be the same Characters. Was it like a remake sequel? Like one of yeah. where it's like they're saying it's a sequel, but really they're it's just, just a remake. Like they got three new teen girls that were your plastics. It was at the same high school, and then a new new girl. They use like some some Disney Channel stars mm. because it was like that era of like Camp Rock and High School Musical and all those movies. Um, but it was horrible. Did they improve so, on it in recommend. the in terms of like the stuff? That was obviously problematic. Yes. I think that is the one positive takeaway from the sequel. Um, And we're not going to talk too much about the sequel because I didn't want you all to watch it because it is just very bad. Um, But the one thing they did right was there is much less insensitivity and just obvious problematic content. Right. Um, Which I think it seems to be we've talked a lot about various older pieces of media on the show because that's like, you know, Mm -hmm. half of this whole show. Um, and it seems like that's just a pretty common thread in anything you watch from before a certain time, just probably within the past like decade, right? There's going to be something in there. You're like, come, come on. It's yeah. Well, and it's, it's interesting because like now that we, I mean, I want to say now that we understand the root of this problem, but we've always understood it. We just weren't talking about it, mm-hmm. but the root of this problem is you can look at a movie like that now and say, well, I bet homogeny behind the camera is the reason that this is the product that we see 
in front of the camera. Yeah. You, you know, you see these yeah. homogenized point of, points of view on every level. The people writing it, the people casting it, the people, in you it. know, directing it, the people in it. The, yeah. All of it becomes a very specific singular worldview that does not represent anybody outside of that narrow slice of humanity. Mm-hmm. And in particular, I think this is a lot of like white feminism yes. is, is a lot of what this movie is. Yeah. I, I just think that's important to know before we talk about it because yes, I love this movie the first time I saw it. And when I watched it obsessively when I was probably like 12 years old, um, but I don't want anyone to think i'm saying that it is a perfect movie or it is like great for representation or it doesn't have problematic moments because it definitely does it is a flawed movie and has flawed characters and development and all sorts of stuff um it's the kind of thing it's one of those that i have not experienced this very much because a lot of the media i've i've watched has just been more recent media um one of the first things i've rewatched since i was very young where i've been like oh this is a lot worse than I remembered. Because, mm-hmm. like, you have this idealized version of something you loved when you were younger in your head, and then you rewatch it when you're older, like, oh, no. I, I think those of us, Tay, you would probably agree, those of us who grew up in the 90s have a lot of those moments. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there are a lot of movies that I kind of remember, like, oh, it was dumb, but it was okay. And I was like, oh, this is not watchable. <laughs> this yeah. should no. not exist anymore. We should not talk about it anymore. Well, and it, and it's hard because it, it, there are things like we've talked about Dawson's Creek on this mm-hmm. show, which has some things that I still love. But at the same time, I've had to recognize a lot of other things that need to go in the garbage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I there, mean, yeah, we talked about Friends and that's one of like the most problematic mm-hmm. for so many reasons. Friends. We talked about High Fidelity, mm-hmm. which has tons of problems. I mean, you know, I think it's important to be able to look back and recognizing why those problems are there and what they are is important for us to do. It's Mm -hmm. a reckoning that we need to do so that we don't continue to make the same mistakes moving forward. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think, I think it's, it's, you know, a movie like Mean Girls falls a little bit more under the microscope than a lot of these other movies, because at its time it was pointedly trying to advance a conversation about, feminism about how women treat women and how women are looked at in general so it was seen as like oh this is this is good this is advancement i think that's why it feels a little like harsher on the rewatch because you realize just how it had you know it was helping it was pointing out problems for one very specific type of woman in the world and ignoring the existence of everybody else (laughs) around that it it also you know the whole the whole idea is that um all these women in the movie, all these girls, really. I mean, mm-hmm. they're 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 supposed, supposed to be, to be children. School. Yeah, all these all these girls in the movie are spending so much time harming each other, hurting each other. You know, taking swings at each other instead of supporting each other. Uh, and I think that that is that is an important thing to talk about. Mm-hmm. I think that that is a very valid conversation to have. But the problem is that the movie continues to take swings. At right. everybody in it yeah um and it's played for laughs mm-hmm. and and some of the things are not funny <laughs> yes right. and so it's hard to do that to talk about how important it is for women to support each other which is true mm-hmm. and then have parts of the movie that are very clearly not supportive of women as a whole or all women yeah. or everybody but this specific kind of woman sure i mean even to the point where like you you think it's about I don't know, at least when I was watching it when I was younger, you think it's about, oh, female empowerment. Girls should be nice to each other. You shouldn't try to take down other girls to make yourself feel better. And, like, yes, those are important things to to learn, especially, I think, all of us coming from, like, a more, I guess, isolated, more rural high school experience, maybe, that maybe felt similar to Mean Girls in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways. Um, that's That's important. But also, like, then you look at, well... Guys also in this movie are guilty of a lot of, I don't know, shaming of women's sexuality, of mm-hmm. making fun of them, of mocking them, of using them, but they they get kind of a pass. Like, they don't have to be a part of that whole assembly they have about, like, we should all be nice to each other and we should stop bullying each other. It's very like, no, this is a girl problem. This mm-hmm. is for the girls. Guys, you know, obviously you don't, you don't have to do, you don't have to deal with this. Well, I, I think that, I think you're hitting on something that 
again was of a time that I we still are struggling to move past. Mm -hmm. It's the same logic that tells a woman when she's going out. Now, listen, do you have your pepper spray Mm -hmm. or your whistle? Do you uh, what are you wearing? Have you thought about how you're going where you're going? Mm -hmm. Don't don't take a drink from anybody. And I'm not saying any of that is bad advice. But what we're focusing on is, listen, the men can't be changed. Mm -hmm. Right. There's no hope. They're just going to be bad and they're going to hurt you and they're going to be dangerous. But we're not going to focus on any of that. We're going to focus on you because we actually could change the girls maybe. So let's just tell the girls what to do. Mm-hmm. But boys will be boys. So right. there's no hope there. It, it's still that same mindset. Yeah, which is pretty broken because I think that that competitiveness that sort of undermines female friendships or friendships among women is coming from the fact that there are limited seats at the table for women yes you know mm-hmm. it's like you can have you can have one girl gets a spot it's assumed that the rest of the table is men and so that's why i think that you know women compete with each other they don't know how to be nice with each other i'm not saying that's across the board true but i think that's right. something that the movie is trying to address is how mm-hmm. you know we have to take each other down and somebody has to be on top of the pile and that's only because we're made to compete against each other right, right. Without any consideration that, hey, maybe we should pull the boys in for an assembly and mm-hmm. talk about, like, why do you think it's okay to treat girls this way? Yeah. <laughs> Who, you know, let's get into that. What what are you dealing with that this is the result? And let's start untangling that and, and try to fix that part of the problem. Right. Um, I want to, we haven't really talked much about the movie, the plot, the yes. elements of it itself. But before we do that. Let's check the group message. Uh, so one thing I will say as the uh, weather gets a little colder, um, I really enjoy uh, staying inside and like cooking dinner in the evenings. I always find like getting into that routine with the school year starting, even mm-hmm. virtual school. Um, I, I like those evenings, especially when like Justin and I can cook together and sometimes we can get the kids involved. And uh, I will tell you that HelloFresh has made that a lot easier for us. I can't always come up with, like, good ideas for recipes. I'm not a bad cook. I just don't always know what to do, what to make. Um, And then we're trying to limit going to the store all the time. And so sometimes I won't have the exact ingredients I need if I do come up with a recipe. And HelloFresh solves all those problems uh, by delivering right to your doorstep pre-portioned ingredients, um, a recipe that you can follow with easy instructions and pictures and everything you need just to... Make a delicious meal for your whole family. Um, Whatever your style of eating is, whether you need a kid-friendly recipe like I might need or a vegetarian recipe, they've got all different kinds that you can try. Um, It's really easy to do. It's really quick. And you can feel really good about creating a meal that's maybe something new that you haven't tried before. Um, All the ingredients are right there so you don't have waste left over. I know that's always a huge problem. Like you go buy a huge bundle of herbs of some Mm -hmm. kind and then end up throwing away half of it because you didn't need it. Right. Um, HelloFresh saves you from all that. Uh, And it is, uh, for all these reasons, the uh, number one meal kit service in America. So if our listeners would like to try out HelloFresh, Taylor, what should they do? Uh, you can go to HelloFresh.com slash 80stillbuffering and use code 80stillbuffering to get a total of $80 off your first month, including free shipping on your first box. Additional restrictions apply. Please visit HelloFresh.com for more details. That's HelloFresh.com slash 80stillbuffering for a total of 80 bucks off your first month. So we haven't really gotten as much into the plot yes. um, of the movie. We're talking kind of all around the movie. Yeah. Do you want to... Yeah. Um, so Katie is the main the main character of the film, and she has just moved from Africa because her parents are Zoo- zoologists. zoologists. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've moved to America, and she goes to like a real high school for the first time, and is immediately like recruited as a friend from the the plastics is what they call the three popular girls in school: um, Regina, Gretchen, and Karen. And then she be also becomes friends with Janice and Damien, who are kind of like, they say they're the outcasts. You know, they don't really fit into any of the cliques. Um, and they're like, hey, you should spy on the plastics and, and mess with them and pretend to be one of them and tell us what they're like and tell us what they do. And then, of course, Katie does become a real plastic and hijinks ensue. <laughs> 
hijinks ensue. Yes. Um, I will say that it draws on the long uh, time-honored tradition of teen movies having absent or incredibly clueless parents yeah. who seem <laughs> unwilling to engage in any way with what is happening with their children. Yeah. Yeah, you've got Katie's parents that are just very, like, very clueless as to what's going on. Because the first few days, Katie's at school. She has, like, no friends. And, and they show her eating lunch alone in the bathroom and comes mm -hmm. home. And her parents don't really, like, ask or say anything about it. They're just kind of, okay, sorry, bye. Which is weird. You'd think she'd been homeschooled her whole life. It seems like the kind of thing she might tell her parents. Yeah. Or that her parents would be concerned about, like, you know, you've never mm -hmm. been in, in school with other teens yeah. before. Maybe we should talk about this, mm -hmm. work on this. Um, it makes me wonder if her parents actually went to a high school when they were like, we yeah. want you to have the high school experience. Like, do you, though? Do you? <laughs> do you? Are you aware of what that entails? <laughs> Did you go to one? <laughs> Uh, uh, and I think they're trying to like early on, they're trying to draw on this idea that she was used to kind of living in the wild yeah. around a lot of non-human animals. Yeah. And so now she's among human animals and they're trying to like kind of draw similarities mm -hmm. between the two. Yeah. Of like the jungle. Yeah. But that kind of falls apart pretty quickly. Yeah. I do really like actually there's a there's a more recent musical adaptation of Mean Girls that I've seen and listened to many times. It just came out within the past few years. Um, and they do, they continue to make that connection throughout the whole kind of musical of all the teens as, as animals. And that's how she learns to like adapt and, and, um, become one of them assimilate, I guess, is because she just associates them with animals she knew <laughs> in the wild in Africa. Um, but yeah, it is, it is kind of a, a weird transition i guess they try to make in the beginning of the movie like oh look all the teens are just animals mm -hmm. but that does not no we, we move past that pretty quickly mm -hmm. um there's a lot of uh a lot of the drama surrounds this i think what you finally hear about later in the film the central uh conflict between regina george the popular girl mm -hmm. and janice ian who is katie's friend but is really kind of using Katie to yes. infiltrate and destroy Regina George and her friends because of this history of the two of them having been really close in middle school. And then Regina got a boyfriend and kind of ditched Janice for her boyfriend a lot. And that upset Janice. And so Regina spread a rumor around that the reason Janice was upset is because she was in love with her because Janice was secretly a lesbian. And so she wouldn't invite her to her pool party because homophobia there mm -hmm. would be girls in bathing suits and whatnot yeah. which is all really horrible and just kind of I, I feel like that was a moment that could have been addressed a lot like I, yeah. I kept wanting to see now watching it at this point more of a resolution of that because all the things that are happening in that story are like real things we could talk about yeah. real problems and some of them just like normal things which is as you're growing up a lot of us will become interested in like relationships and sex and intimacy, like, and, but it happens at different rates. Mm -hmm. And so it is very normal to have a friend who all of a sudden wants to have a boyfriend or girlfriend and you're not really feeling that and yeah. you feel left behind there. Yeah. And then of course the stuff that is not normal, which is treating somebody like an outcast by spreading rumors about them and then hating them because of the rumor. Mm -hmm. Because even if she was a lesbian, what's the big deal? But, right. you know, all that. Well, that that's something that I, I really, I, for, I forgot how that kind of played out or was treated in the movie. And I, I it was a little hard to see just how it's, con it's played as like an unspeakable, horrible thing to say about somebody really yes. throughout yeah. the movie. Uh, because actually, in my high school life, I had the very same thing happen to me. Not by a friend. Uh, it was somebody in a, a, a photography class that I took, actually, who started the rumor whatever that they didn't feel comfortable being in the dark room with me because i was a i was a lesbian and they were afraid that i was going to hit on them um and that was i mean i you know that was not something i didn't i didn't hatch a master plan to uh to get back at this girl i just stopped yeah. going to the photography lab uh on my lunch breaks and <laughs> dropped it as a hobby so because it was like something that like I didn't know. I knew I was questioning my sexuality at the time, but that was something that I thought was between me and me. 
and mm-hmm. having somebody else pick up on that was really scary and I felt like a gross monster. It felt unspeakable to me. So to see a movie treated as like an unspeakable bad thing is like a joke. I was like, ah, I wish you could have had a point where it's like, yo, that's not that bad though. <laughs> yeah. My my right. hope in rewatching it, and I don't I don't necessarily think this was the intention of the movie because like we've said, this movie was not necessarily doing a lot to be inclusive mm-hmm. and diverse. Um, my hope with it is that Janice was so insistent that she wasn't a lesbian because she saw what it did to her having friends before when people thought that about her. So she didn't like want people to think this about her because then she would lose friends again. Mm -hmm. That is my hope because again, like, yeah, people are homophobic and I have, I mean that idea that, Oh, you're, you're a lesbian or you're bi. So you can't be around us. Like if we're changing or we're at a pool party and we're in bathing suits like that's not a, a, a like a a wild thing to have someone say or to experience when you're in high school. Like I have been there before. It's like, oh, you like girls? You can't. We can't change in front of you then, because like you know that's that's weird. Um, so I mean that I think is yeah. It's a conversation they could have had about how bad of a thing that was to experience and how to like more. Uh, kindly discuss it and realize like that doesn't mean being a lesbian is a bad thing Mm -hmm. but it means that making someone feel bad for whatever their sexuality might be is a bad thing well um, well i was saying the fact that it it make the movie makes a very big point of then putting janice with a a boy yeah like don't worry she's making out with a boy at the end of the movie super she's super straight yeah it's like i didn't need her to be a lesbian that didn't matter to me right the idea that they like never really dealt with the fact that that yeah it just kind of like ah it's not that the the that this happens in high school is true. That's just an accurate observation. But the containing around the movie is kind of like, and it is a bad thing. Like it's look, she's straight. It's bad yeah. way. <laughs> and they do kind of just throw it in there at the very end that she ends up with a guy. There's no like romantic storyline between them throughout the film Mm-mm. that like ends up being resolved in the end with them together. It's literally just like the very last scene in the movie. Oh look, she's now making out with this male character we've never seen her interact with up until this point. <laughs> Yeah, I think he like vaguely hits on her at yeah. one point, and that's about it. Yeah. yeah. No, I I think if it's really true and honest to have that conversation and say like um, the the kids, the teenagers mm-hmm. involved would not have a more sophisticated way of talking about this, especially sure. in two thousand four. Yeah, I think that's fine. But then if you're making the movie where you're dealing with something like that, the movie has to say something about right. it. You got to find a way for the movie to handle it yeah um because otherwise you just let it fall like that like don't worry she's not a lesbian everything's okay yeah (laughs) and that's how and that's the message that comes across and surely that's not the message anybody wanted to send and it but that is what we get as we walk away is like could we not have have dealt with the fact that this was something that could be so destructive a rumor like that could be so harmful and how does that play with the idea that like damien is out and gay and no one really and nobody cares about that that. that, or at least we don't see that being yeah you know that plays into the same problem the movie has as a whole with like the the boy characters right like it's fine Mm -hmm. for him to be gay but for a woman to be a lesbian that's a whole other story like it's right Mm -hmm. that weird double double standard and you know it almost the movie almost does that it almost says that's okay even if you were a lesbian that's not a bad thing to be yes this was a traumatic moment that involved your understanding of your sexuality, but this is not a bad thing to be, even if you are or are not. It almost does when they're all in the gym and they're all apologizing to each other or whatever, like all the girls are in there together and saying like, this is what I've done wrong to other women Mm -hmm. and I'm sorry. Janice gets up there and has a moment where she's like, yeah, you know what? You're right, Regina. I do have a big fat crush on you or whatever that she says. And like everyone cheers for her and then she falls backwards and all the girls catch her off the stage or whatever it almost does that where it's like you know what so what even if i did yeah sure you think everyone's obsessed with you and look all these other females that are here like me anyways and they're Mm -hmm. all still my friends and they're all still supporting me and they like the whole metaphorical symbolic catching when they fall off the stage and the trust fall or whatever but then it 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 doesn't follow through then it's like you've almost went there but no she had to end up with a guy and then we never spoke about it again yeah which Again, I mean, it's hard because, like, a lot of these things, even the fact that the movie sort of resolves things by things just 
resolving. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just time passed, yeah. things faded, people moved on. These are true things. I mm-hmm. mean, that happens in high school. Like, it's weird to look back. I found my old um, middle school yearbooks. Oh, gosh. I know. <laughs> and it was weird. I was looking at the things people wrote in my middle school yearbook. And I found a place where a guy wrote something in my yearbook making fun of me. It was I don't want to I don't want to get in the weeds with the joke, but like yeah. part of what he wrote in my yearbook was a thing that people used to make fun of me that year and mm-hmm. was really very traumatizing to me mm-hmm. at the time when they did that because it was part of a lot of bullying that was happening. But then he wrote it in my yearbook and then was like, haha, have a great summer. So like. I gave my yearbook to this guy to write in it, mm-hmm. I guess. I mean, I don't remember, but like by the end of the year, I must have said, yeah, hi, person who tortured me earlier in the year, please sign my yearbook. <laughs> and then he made a joke about torturing me yeah. and then said, have a great summer. And I said, thanks. thanks. And probably wrote in his yearbook. Yeah. And, and I mean, I'm looking at it thinking, how did this happen? How, what, what was the series of events? I don't remember. But something must have happened. Mm-hmm. But that is how, like, those years are like sometimes. It's like people do really terrible things to each other. And then they just sort of move past it. And so, like, there are truths in the movie that I think are interesting. And then there are things like that which are just not. Yeah. They're just swept under the rug and moved on. Like, well, don't talk about that. That'll get yeah. to. But I think that's it. I think what you're seeing is that people didn't have the language to talk about these things because you didn't have enough different perspectives making the movie. You know, you need to have people who weren't straight, who know what that felt like in high school to talk about that. You needed to have people who weren't white to talk about some of the some of the issues with race in the movie Mm -hmm. that are just I mean, aside from the fact that almost everyone's white. Right. You know, I mean, you needed to have people who were in the room making the movie to talk about these things to handle them better. And if you don't, then you don't know what to say mm-hmm. yeah well that's what you could believe that maybe somebody in the writer's room had been a straight woman that was made fun of for being a lesbian in high school and that that could have yes. maybe been there it's like oh i was assertive and spoke my mind so people thought i was gay and it's like and what <laughs> like, <laughs> well and and it's the same thing for like the idea of making fun of girls in high school because they were or weren't having sex right both of those yes. are mentioned in the movie. Somebody is made fun of because they're a virgin and then other girls are made fun of because they are known to not be virgins. And all of that is, you know, obviously something people have gone through and clearly people were familiar with because they talked about it. But I still feel like there were plenty of times in the movie where people were slut shamed. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. You know, and the movie was doing it, like making fun of Halloween costumes that girls wear that are revealing Mm -hmm. uh, as like oh i didn't realize we're all just supposed to you know wear lingerie like and then also did the opposite and made fun of katie for not understanding that yeah you weren't supposed to dress in an actual scary costume i guess because that's what i guess she thought halloween was like oh you dress scary so she dressed as this like zombie bride instead of the more nuanced thing which is yeah, as we get older and we begin to understand and like experience what our own sexuality is, you know, what whatever form that might take, there are a lot of us who say, ooh, I'm going to use Halloween as an excuse to dress sexy because I can now because right. I can on Halloween and I can't other times of the year and I feel this part of me that I want to express. So now it's it's safe to do so, Right, which is normal if someone chooses to do that. Right. It's also normal to say... I want to dress as a zombie bride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's fine, too. Well, and, and kind of like by the same token, one of the things that I, I noticed that I was like, oh, it's uncomfortable. Is that the if, towards the end when they're competing in the, the athletes thing, there's like mm-hmm, the other mm-hmm. team and there's an observation mm-hmm. right at the beginning, like, don't worry, none of them are cute. And then they like do like a funny I, quote fingers, funny beat where they look at all the, the men on the other team and oh, look, they're they're all ugly. And then there's like a dressing down of like the one female on the other team when Katie's going mm-hmm. to head, head to head with her. She's kind of making fun of her in her mind. And she's realizing like, oh, that doesn't mean that she'll it's any less likely that she'll wit, like, beat me. So it's still yeah. like, I mean, it's it's still making a, a, a joke in the movie about like, haha, the other team isn't attractive. Like, so who is this yeah. movie? Like you, you're 
you're a movie kind of made like for the nerds, but then you're also mocking all of the nerds for not being attractive. It's it's a weird kind of hypocrisy. It it yeah. is, and it also I would say all these other things that it doesn't handle with enough care. Um, the whole question of weight throughout the whole movie. Oh yeah. It's it's pl- it's so played for laughs. The fact that she gives Reg- Katie gives Regina George these protein bars, these weight gain bars, and like and the labels are written in some other in language. Swedish. Yeah, Swedish. So she can't read them. So she thinks they're to help her lose weight, but really she's tricking her into gaining weight. Um, that whole thing is played for laughs all around. Like it's supposed to be funny that she's doing it. It's supposed to be funny when she's wearing sweatpants later. Mm-hmm. All of that is supposed to be played for laughs. Um, and then they have like these references to female characters in the in the cafeteria as either the girls who are eating or the girls who aren't eating. Mm-hmm. And again, this is all supposed to just be like, haha, uh-huh. like like little toss off jokes yeah. even. Just like, look at this; these are funny things that happen in high school. And it's like, oh, you you mean disordered eating? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's not just that's not a funny thing that happens in high school. And it really is just kind of tossed in there like mm-hmm. that. Well, that, I mean, really, everything that they do to Regina from, you know, the mildest thing of giving her something to put on her face that's not meant to go on your face to, like, <laughs> turning her friends. It makes her face smell <laughs> yeah. like a foot. Like, all right. But still, it's, it's pretty, like, cutting her shirt so that her boobs would show. Like, she she runs yeah. with it, but it's it's actually pretty gross. Like, like mm-hmm. everything they do to her, is, it's, pretty, it's pretty terrible. I mean, she's a bad person, but yeah. They're, they're, proper response is to not uh, assault her in various ways but i mean it's it's what she does to katie that finally like you know crosses the line for katie and is like all right you know what yeah i'll, I'll come for her. but when you think about what does she really do oh she gets back together with a guy that she dated before katie was even at the school that katie like knows from math class and has a crush on but regina starts dating him again Mm-hmm. So Katie is like, yeah, you know what? She deserves all these horrible things. Like, if you're kind of making it about her being a bad person, so you have to, like, do these, like, not that the, most of them are even funny, but, like, you have to do these, like, things to get revenge or whatever. Make the thing that she does more of, like, an actually bad thing. Like, what mm-hmm. she did to Janice was a very bad thing, and that makes her, like, a, a, a bad person. But just, if it's over a boy... Yeah, that's yeah. it. Like that that crush that Katie has is justification for all of her actions, including yeah. including which I thought this was hypocritical. So Katie kisses her boyfriend while they're studying together, and then tells him that uh, Regina is cheating on him. But he is now uh-huh. effectively, you know, what he's made out with. Cheating yeah, on he's her. cheating on her, and then he yeah. breaks up. With yeah. Her. So it's kind of like I don't like. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. That, that's a bad thing to do, but it's bad all around. You're all bad people. I just like rewatching. Yeah. Movie, like, and Janice, you're bad because you manipulated Katie, who was not socialized in any way, to do all this just to have a friend. Mm-hmm. And then you did all these bad things to other bad people. Everybody sucks. <laughs> And I mean, I just want to hang out with Amy Poehler. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> yeah. At least it's at least it's transparent. I get your thing. Or you're a cool you mom. Have a dog. Or Karen. Have yeah, Karen. I think hang out with Amy yeah, Poehler Karen. and Karen. Yeah, they're fine. Who who knew that this would be the revenge this of the, the Karen? Oh man. <laughs> Karen comes out on top in this one. Um. But, you know, having been out of high school for a few years now, I think that's the one thing that I can say, like, well, I mean, that's, I guess that's probably a little bit true, is, like, yeah, we all kind of (laughs) were horrible people at some point to each other. Like, when I think about, like, the friends I had, like, when I was in high school, at least, or, like, the people I hung out with, there were definitely moments where we were all, like, just, I mean, high school teenagers, we were kids, and we, like, said mean things about each other or did not nice things to each other or didn't invite each other to things or whatever, hurt each other's feelings, had fights, stupid things that happen when you're in high school and then it all ended up like, you know, we're still friends. It's mm-hmm. fine. Like that is the one thing I can be like, you know, yeah, all the people in this movie are kind of horrible to each other and it's all very messy and it doesn't all really make sense. But you know what? I guess that was kind of how my high school experience was too. We were all kind of, everyone I knew was kind of a bad person, but also like, I don't know, being around them just also kind of by extension probably made you a bad person at some point. Yeah. And also like it was all very messy and who was friends and who was dating. And I, I don't know, but I, 
I guess it's probably realistic. I, I guess I guess that's why I didn't have friends because I didn't want enemies, and they were the same people. Like, I just <laughs> yeah. you know, people made fun of me. That's true. I just stopped being around them. I just disappeared. Like I did not. I just didn't engage at all because there was no way to be a part of the system without yeah, like having to be involved in that stuff. Those those were the rules of engagement. That's that's very true, and it's. I think that at the end of the day, that's why like there are pieces of the movie that ring very true about that experience because they are supposed to be children and children do mean things and hurt each other sometimes. And that doesn't necessarily mean that they're bad people. It means that like they're children, they need to learn, they need to grow, they need to mature, they need, you know, people in their life to help them become better. Um, But at the same time, if you're going to make a movie like that for teens, because the movie very much appeals to the people it's talking about. Yes. Uh, you can't reinforce all those negative mes- messages. And there, there's so much of the movie that does that, right. that it's hard to look back at it now and be like, I want my kids to watch this right. and learn from it. Well, no, I don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, there are parts that make me laugh and then there are many parts that make me cringe mm-hmm. and go, oh, no, don't. Yeah. Oh, why did you say that word again? Stop saying that word. Mm-hmm. Like, no, what is it? But I mean, that's, I guess that's the early 2000s. <laughs> that's, yeah. Yeah, like, that's the thing. It's like, I, at the end of the day, you're still giving a primer in this sort of messed up way that we're socialized that we think we have to be socialized in order to fit into society like this is still like every high school movie that reiterates the same stereotypes and the same ideas yes Mm -hmm. hopefully when charlie and cooper old enough there'll be better high school movies for them i mean apparently mean girls too you know it's less problematic so (laughs) i was yeah you know the real reason you didn't want us to watch that because you knew sydney would love it more is that it? Hey. That's also possible. <laughs> hey. It's just, uh, it's not just me either. If you look up like, just like the reviews and ratings, like the Rotten Tomatoes score on Mean Girls 1 versus Mean Girls 2. Oh, man. Yeah, but they would say the same about Grease 1 that's and Grease true. 2. Yeah, Sydney, that's, that, that's true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or Rocky Horror Picture Show and Shock Treatment. Also, so also fair. <laughs> uh, well, I, if, We've talked about it before, but if the Babysitters Club show is any um, that's true is any signal as to what's to come for teen movies and shows and stuff aimed at the next generation, it's a good direction. I think we're in, yeah, yeah we're we're moving in a much much healthier yeah. direction well, where we can laugh and joke about the foibles of youth without being problematic, insulting everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, well, thank you for watching this movie with me, both of you. Yeah. I'm glad we all got to experience that shared feeling of, oh, I didn't remember it being this bad. <laughs> I, I'm glad you get to know what it feels yeah, like. Because this, <laughs> yeah, it really is one of the first times where I've I've felt that way. Because, yeah, there are things I've watched that are from the 90s or 2000s that I'm watching for the first time where mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, this is problematic. But this is one of the first times where it's something I watched a long time ago. And now I'm rewatching like, mm-hmm. oh, no. Yeah. I'll get used to that well, feeling. Welcome to- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, good. Good. Uh, well, thank you, Riley. Of course. Uh, I what's, was. Yeah, what's next? I uh, was inspired. I um, follow Patty Murin on Twitter, mm-hmm. and she was talking about how much she'd like to see a specific musical created and her star in it. And it got me thinking about a movie that I once loved called Troop Beverly Hills. Uh, mm-hmm. and man, I would pay to see Patty Muir and his Phyllis Sneffler in that <laughs> musical. If that is ever created, I'm there. But, uh, in the meantime, I think we should watch the movie. I used to be obsessed with this movie. Uh-huh. I haven't seen it in a while. I haven't either. It's been a long time. I am worried about what I'm going to yeah. find. Yeah. <laughs> I, it's going to be a lot of the same next <laughs> I think. I think so. I, I think I was, because how, you were, you couldn't have been a teenager when you were into this movie, Sid. You must no. have been like, maybe what, 12, 10? Something like that. Like preteen, yeah. preteen days. I remember watching uh, it, but maybe like seven or eight. <laughs> but I did watch it repeatedly because I was obsessed with it. I was obsessed with, if I remember specifically like the fashion of it, uh, I was obsessed with. Sorry. I, I, and oh. I am so excited to revisit and see if it lives up to all of my like 
I mean, the, the really, like, I wanted to dress like these characters. I was so obsessed with this movie when I was young. I just looked it up to see when it came out. It came out in 1989. Um, but it has 25% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, Beverly oh, Hills, what a thrill. Beverly Hills, what a th- I'm so Man, excited for you all to watch This is just a whole it. series <laughs> of ruining things terrible. we loved. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess... So for my week to follow, I'll have to think of something else that I have very, yeah. <laughs> very shady memories of that might be awful. Okay. Oh, good. All right. Oh, I'm so excited for us to watch it and revisit. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Man. Oh, please don't let it be bad. <sighs> all right. Well, thank you both. Thank you, listeners. Um, I hope you are all staying home and staying safe. I just wanted to say that if anybody out there has a moment, I've seen some people say this on Twitter, and I know I felt this, where you start to think, is everyone else having fun? (laughs) And I'm the only one who's still trying to stay inside. Is everyone else going to parties and football games and concerts or whatever is happening? I don't know what's happening. Um, And it's just me. It's not just you. At least the three of us are with you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, It's not just you. I had a moment where I thought, did I create this whole thing in my head the other mm-hmm. day? I didn't. You didn't. We didn't. Please stay strong. Um, there are always podcasts. You can listen to those in the safety of your own home. And you can go to MaximumFun.org for lots of podcasts you would enjoy. Did you like wow, that? Wow, that transition. I know. So smooth. I'm getting better. <laughs> <laughs> it's only taken years. Um, you can tweet at us at stillbuff and you can email us at stillbuffering at maximumfun.org if you have thoughts or suggestions or questions or comments about uh, anything. And thank you to the novellas for our theme song, Baby Change Mind. This has been your cross-generational guide to the culture that made us. I'm Riley Smurl. I'm Sydney McElroy. And I'm Taylor Smurl. Also, hi, Ned. <laughs> oh, hi, Ned. Uh, I am still buffering. And, and I, I am Cringe corner. Uh, Now, you continue. Hi, everybody. My name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. We're both doctors. and Nope, just me. Okay, well, Sydney's a doctor, and I'm a medical enthusiast, and we create okay. Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. Every week, I dig through the annals of medical history to bring you the wildest, grossest, sometimes dumbest tales of ways we've tried to treat people throughout history. And lately, we do a lot of modern fake medicine. Because everything's a disaster, but it's slightly less of a disaster every Friday, right here on MaximumFun.org, as we bring you Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. And remember, don't drill a hole in your head. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.